Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Welcome to Ask Maureen, where we cover historical image analysis, genealogy, and how to work with your family photo collection. I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective, and I'll try to answer your questions. Do you have family photos that could use some help? Perhaps they are faded and or damaged and you don't know what to do. Well, there's an easy answer to that frequently asked question. It's called Vivipic. Their restore application improves your photo in seconds. Really, seriously, it does it. I call it the Vivipix miracle. Today's guest is Randy Fredlin of Vivipix. Randy is an engineer, an inventor, and an entrepreneur. For the past seven years, he has been one of the principals in Vivipix, a company with the goal of making image improvement accessible to everyone. Due to a character defect, he actually enjoys signal processing. Randy, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> well, it's the, the, uh, the science behind uh, improving things like audio and ultrasound and even images is all signal processing. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> He's a well-rounded guy. He does photography, he travels, he camps, he hikes, paddles, skiing, and then you blog all for the fun of it, right? And we chatted several months ago about Vivipix Restore and how it works. But you're back because now you have a new patent. So how many patents do you, do you hold? Well, I, I'm the author of uh, over 150 patents. Now, the really neat thing is I actually own two of them. That's pretty <laughs> cool. The rest of them were from a job that you once held? Right. The, I worked for Kodak for quite some time, almost 30 years. And during that time, I amassed a number of patents as the author, but the assignee, as they call it, was Kodak. And since Kodak's demise, many of those patents have gone on to help out companies like Apple and Microsoft. So what happens when you are working for a company and your name is on a patent? Well, uh, you go through a process that takes quite a bit of time, uh, back and forth with the USPTO, which is the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Mm -hmm. And you uh, essentially play uh, a little bit of tennis with, uh, with the examiner. You know, you lob your, what you think is your invention over the net, and they smash it back at you saying, no, that's not patentable. And then you return saying, oh, yes, it is. And you go back and forth a number of times uh, and, in order to get to the final point where either you don't have a patent or you do. 
But when you worked for Kodak, they own all your patents, correct? Right. As part of your, with, with just about every big company, anytime you work for them and are handsomely compensated, part of your, uh, your work agreement when you sign up with the company is to say that any intellectual property that you generate belongs to the company. But you also said that you own two of your own patents. Right. Uh, in, the, um, in being a principal in VividPix, the patents are assigned to VividPix, and now I am part owner, along with my partners, of the two patents that we have had issue in VividPix's name. Mm -hmm. Now, the patent process takes years. Years. It's not just like you're lobbing back and forth for like a couple of weeks. No. If, if you could uh, compress it all, the, the actual time taken is probably, you know, a solid month, but it's spread out over years. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are occasional uh, exceptions to that rule, but it usually takes at least three years for this whole, whole process to happen. So tell us about the new patent for Vivipix. What does it do? How did you, you made an improvement to the product. Yeah, the, the new patent is all about expanding the contrast range of images and in, a, in more than one way. And then after we've done that, uh, selecting the, or further improving, uh, the um, rendition of the image on the basis of um, experience with consumers and and what they like. Hmm. So I didn't I didn't say that very well. Let me try once again. Actually, want me to put up a something on the screen? I can show you a nine shot of an image that I have in the collection. Great. And then you can talk about it in that term. Sure. That might make it easier. I think so. Nine images are worth 9,000 words. Can you see that? Yep. So I selected an image from my computer and instantaneously, pretty much, I mean, it's, I can't notice the lag in seeing the nine shot. It automatically gives you nine different images with varying contrast and your patent improved this process right uh, we automatically analyze the image content not really the content but the uh the tone scale in the three different colors and do some automatic manipulations on that basis then uh in addition to that we use our experience with what we know to be the preferred way to present the image and put that right in the middle of the nine images. So our calculated um, result is the one you see right in the middle. This one right here in the middle. Right. And because we can't know for sure what the important part of the image is, we provide the nine different renditions of the image so that you can select different variations of contrast and brightness, which uh, is generally a personal preference. Right. So my eyes goes to the one below that one. 
Okay, I, I wouldn't pick that one because the woman on the right is a little bit, I'd say blown out, like too far to the, to the white, but mm -hmm. that's, that's, right. that's your preference, so that is the right one to pick. Right, the one in the middle though is more diffuse. Right. As far as contrast goes. So you get to see a little bit more. Of the, and you can go in to Vivapix and then further refine this image, which makes right. it pretty cool. Yeah. I, we don't want you to be uh, left in the lurch without any choices beyond this. And after what, what we hope is a very short period of time, you can learn how to adjust the images to be more to your liking and even better than what we've provided for you. Hmm. So if I click this one, so the patent has to do with the nine selections. Yeah, the, pa the patent has to do with creating that center image. And you sent me the patent number, which is pretty amazing. 10,218,880. Is that right? Or is it more than that? Is it 10 billion? No, no, it's millions, and it, it, it goes back to the, the founding of the United States. So all those numbers are um, from the beginning of the United States of America. So if you have an inventor in your family, and I'm willing to bet, Randy, you're not the only inventor in your family, given you know, how many things you've invented, that you could search Google patents for past historical patents, uh, if anyone has an inventor in their family. But Randy, the new patents are not publicly available, correct? Or, or are they? No, every, every the, the, the difference between an old patent and a new patent is age. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the real difference is after 20 years, that whatever has been patent, patented uh, ends up in the public domain. So that means anybody can use it. Ah, very cool. So everything before 1999 is in the public domain. But when you start to create, when you're, when you're thinking, you're noodling around and you're thinking, God, I'd really like to make this even better than it is. You have to have some background knowledge of what patents are already out there, correct? I mean, you can't just say, I'm going to make it better, because then you're going to be lobbing back and forth, and the patent person is going to say, well, we already have a patent like that, correct? Exactly. You're exactly right. Have you, do you have any patents, Murray? None. Well, you, you seem to understand the process pretty well. Uh, one of the things you really would like to do before you submit your invention is do a prior art search, which means do exactly what you just talked about. Look through all the old patents, and if not all of them, but the ones that are pertinent, and also anything that may, may not have been patented that precludes the novelty of your invention. Mm -hmm. So you're only wasting your time if you just just write it up and file it. You need to explore the area before you do so. And obviously you've done that. So I mean, I would imagine that you have something else in mind for the future that you can't talk about because you just, this one's been a long-term process. You're already thinking ahead to something else you'd like to do, which I know we can't talk about because that's all proprietary. 
But I mean, I think it's very interesting that Vivipix can put it in their advertising that this is something you've patented, you've created something. I mean, that makes it very special. And what does all of this mean for the consumer? Like if you're a Vivipix Restore user, like I am, I use it because I don't want to learn a more complicated program. I, why would I? This does what I need it to do, to look, to improve the quality of the photographs I'm studying so that I can see more detail. But, but what else does your patent do for consumers? Make it. Oh, the, the patent is a, um, like I said, it takes years. So the patent is a reflection on, on where our technology was three years ago. And, and we have built in to restore the, the principles that, that do what you want, where you don't have to understand all the signal processing, all the image manipulation. You just get to reap the benefit. And that's, exactly. that's exactly. what the patent's about. Exactly. Yeah. Science was never my best subject. <laughs> that's why I'm an image person. Uh, but if anyone is interested in trying Restore, I'm going to include in the show notes a link so that you can go over to the website and then click through. You can try it. Uh, if you go, you know, it's very, very easy to use. This took seconds. And let's just zoom in on this one. So there's the original on the left. And then this is the fix on the right. So it's made it more black and white. Yeah. No, the original was color. You can... What you can do is if you select, if you like that sepia look, yeah. you can go select sepia instead of color and it will render it more like the original. And then you can change that color with the color balance sliders. So I'm going to make it. Probably should be using the, the blue one. See if that one helps you. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. I've just yeah, moved yeah, yeah. the blue slider just a little bit. It makes them look more like what it must have looked like when they first took the image. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The other thing you can do is you could, you could change it to black and white and see if you like it there. Because I, I, in, in many uh, images that have minimal color, sometimes it's better just to render the tone scale, meaning only the black and white. Why don't you try that and just see what it looks like? So I just did it to black and white mode. Now, the interesting thing is when I'm playing with an image, and I call it playing with an image, and I put it into Vivipix, and I'm trying to see specific details, I will tinker with the process image, the vividness of it, meaning the sharpness of it, I'll change it from black and white to, and I'll even do badly faded, or you know, if I'm working on a caption on the back, I'll use the faded document or text. I really do play with it. I'll make it color, sepia, black and white, whatever makes those details that I'm studying pop a little bit more. So this is a photo identification tool in addition to a photo restoration piece of software, at least from my perspective. And, and, and that makes it pretty neat. 
Yeah, we and in using the program, we definitely encourage people to go ahead and experiment and uh, try the different uh, settings to to see what renders the image in the best way for whatever purposes you have. Right. So this patent that you have, now Vivapix has several different products. They have Vivapix Restore, which is really for old photographs and old documents. And then you have one that's intended, the first product was for underwater photography. Right. Is that we, right? We, we, yeah, we have a, the underwater photography patent is actually, it's, it's also quote unquote single signal processing. So it does apply to restore as well, except we do some things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, the, the two programs are quite similar in appearance, but they're very different under the hood. So we're doing different manipulations depending on what the type of image is. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of those underwater images that have people have run through Vivipix and they're stunning. They get rid of that cloudiness. Uh, that appears in them. And then if you would like to try Vivapix, I'm going to put this on the screen. Make that full screen so you can all see the code. It will also be in the show notes. So my guest today has been Randy Fredlin of Vivapix, a former Kodak engineer, but he is still an engineer just for himself and Vivapix. And he's a very creative guy, entrepreneur, photographer, outdoorsman. Right, Randy? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tried to get treatment for being an engineer, but it failed. It failed. It's a special, it's a special skill. All right. Well, Randy, thank you so much for joining me. Do you have anything to add on the whole patenting process? Would you encourage people to run right out there and start trying to patent their ideas? Oh, that's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. But I would, I would, I would caution people uh, from running right out and signing up with one of the many organizations that says, we will get you a patent. Because those things tend to get you a patent, but not one that's worth much. Right. So you need an intellectual property attorney. Yeah, you need you need you definitely need some uh, people to help you. It will not be cheap. You know, it will be thousands of dollars, and you need someone who is not only trying to get you a patent, but trying to get you a valuable patent. Right. Because now you own this patent. Right. Which, which is a lot. Well, I hope so. It, yeah, right, exactly. You hope it translates into other people using it. Right. The, uh, well, we, if, if you want to get into a little bit of the minutia, what the patent gives you is what they call an exclusionary right, which just means that you, whatever you have described as your patent, as your invention, is something that you can tell people, no, you can't do that without a license from me. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily allow you to do what you want to do because there may be others who have patents in the same area. Mm -hmm. But it does allow you to 
ask for a license fee from people who are practicing your invention, as they call it. Yeah, indeed. Well, I know that when I look on the back of an old photograph and it says patent pending or patented, and it, sometimes they give you the number, I immediately right. go to Google Patents to see if I can see what it was that they were trying to do. Yeah, and, and a lot of times when you see patent pending or, or a patent number listed on the back, you'll find that of any product, you'll find that they're expired or that particular patent doesn't apply at all. Well, patents last for... It's, it's so How long do they last for? You can... Well, one of the, th one of the ways that, that patents are used, and you, you described it, is numbers are placed on, um, on products or product packaging. Mm -hmm. and, and there's, there's rarely um, any effort made in order to ensure that whatever that patent protects is actually in that particular product, mm. more of a marketing sort of thing. Ah, I see. And I know, as you said, that I will look for these patents and often not find them. So the patent pending thing on the back of a photograph doesn't actually tell you that it definitely exists. It just means that this particular company or photographer was going for it. Right. It, it's, it means that they've filed something, they're trying to get a patent, but you have no idea what, what it eventually, you, you know, if, if they provided the application number, then you might be able to find it. But mm. it, the fact that the patent is pending does not mean that they have a patent. Okay. Well, Randy, we've been talking about patents and the new patent that Vivapix just received to further make tweaks to your photographs. So remember, when you're using Vivapix, and I put a link in the show notes if you'd like to try it, you pick the one in the middle. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. That's not, not true. <laughs> the one, you pick the one you like best. You pick the one you like best. And, and that is the right selection. That's right. That's right. So I like the one that was a little darker contrast with a little lighter right. over the shoulder. Right. Uh, but the one in the middle was fine too. So right. anyway, right. Vivipix well, yeah. really, I call it the Vivipix miracle for a reason. Uh, it's changed the, it's changed what I do with photographs uh, in a well, big way. And I hope it'll change what, what all of you listeners do with your I, photographs as well. Maureen, what I tell everybody is that we do magic. Miracles take a higher power. Well, the Vivipix magic, I guess I should say. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Vivipix magic. Really. Okay, I can buy that. And I, you're absolutely right. But when you do it and you have a really poor quality image and you run it through Vivipix, it feels sort of like a little bit of a, mir a picture miracle to me. Yeah. And if, right. if you invite me back sometime... I'd love to talk to people about scanning images because uh, we can make, uh, occasionally we can make, uh, you know, a silk purse out of the sow's ear, but the better the sow's ear, the better the silk purse. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Randy, for joining me and thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out the links and the show notes with this episode. Thank you. Thank you for watching and listening. You can submit your questions for future episodes using the Ask Maureen button on MaureenTaylor.com or through any of my social media contacts. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as The Photo Detective. 
and on Facebook at Maureen Photo Detective. I hope you'll come back for the next show. Don't forget to send me your questions. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.